This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. Let's quickly now speak to Siabonga Mitane, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Slicker on Live. Tributes continue to pour in for Bulela Mkutukana, who also knows, also known as Zahara, who passed away last night at the age of 36. Online conversations swiftly moved back to how music deals are constructed, the role of record labels concerning advances, and how artists are often left with very little after the success of their albums. In this discussion, we wanted to unpack these dynamics with a guest who has worked in the industry to share his insights and he now joins us on the line. Do we call you Siabong or do we call you Slicker? Whatever works well. <laughs> whatever works, whatever works. Good afternoon and yeah. thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you. So condolences to you um, as well as the entire um, music fraternity with the loss of Zahara. Before we get into the discussion that we wanted to have, maybe a short tribute from you. Um... To be frank, I never really knew Zahara. Um, obviously, I was on the call because of the deal. But, um, but I mean, I just knew her talent like the rest of us. So, I mean, it's, uh, she was so young, um, in my view, and, um, but highly talented. It feels like there's so much she could still do. Um, but, I, but I personally wouldn't claim to have known her. Um, um, like, I'm like everybody else who, who knew how talented she was. Yeah. Yeah, so you're yeah. amongst you're, you're amongst us commoners who were celebrating, <laughs> who were celebrating the music. I am, I mean, yes, yeah, so I was on the call to talk about the deals. Yeah, but I wouldn't be capable to talk about it. No, totally understand. Talent. Sure. Yeah. Let's speak about um, these deals that artists go go into and we know that this has been a long ongoing issue even in the 1970s. I know that there's been movies that have been made around um, these record deals and, and, and so forth. Um, what would you say is the crux when it comes to artists and the contracts that they go into with record labels? I think, you know, um, before you even get into that, you know, um, like music, music like soccer is seasonal, right? For a lot of people, there's only a few people who have long careers, like Quincy Jones, like Dr. Dre. If you if you call that even a career, you know what I mean. But um, but music is seasonal, and um, and even when deals are being made with they la- with labels, like the deals are made for that season, you know. Um, I think the general public has the perception that, like, um, deals... I mean, the music can live forever, but the general public has a perception that a seasonal deal is a is a, an eternal deal, you know. As Godekamp, we signed a seasonal deal with Gallo. Omoya is still playing, you know. They're still collecting the royalties, you know. I don't know if they even paying them. But the point is that, like, even if it is, it's not enough royalties for us to live. You know, even if they were paying, which they're not paying, even if Gallo was paying, it's not enough royalties for live because the season for the popularity of the song has passed, right? So, so I think um, even now, the way you've posed your question, it's posed as if you get an advance and it's eternal. And that's not the reality for almost any deal, even outside music. Mm-hmm. 
So, so ordinarily what would happen, and I asked this also on the basis of what uh, Toya DeLazy was quoting, a tweet that she was quoting, um, and that is 70, 75% going to Sony, 25% going to TS Record, a 10% um, going to Zahara from the, from, the 20, 20, from the 25%. And she was saying, um, I had the exact same deal. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you like a realistic kind of breakdown of deals because you never know what type of deal you have, right? Yeah. Um, Camp literally had a, and I'll speak on what I know, Camp literally had a, a, an artist deal. And an artist deal with the, is a deal where like the label, meaning Gallo at the time, takes all the risk, right? Um, they take all the risk and from a monetary perspective and you just come with your talent. Right, mm-hmm. so if they take all the monetary risk, they want to basically get a chunk of the money that's made from the talent. So, as an example, before Squatter Camp was signed, if Gallo didn't take the monetary risk, we, pr- we probably wouldn't be on SABC radio. We put, our videos probably wouldn't be played at that time because mm. you needed that that arm to be able to do that. We probably wouldn't have the money to print like. 20,000 CDs if we had an order. We probably wouldn't have that cash flow, right? Mm. So Gallo says, no, we're going to give you a deal like that. They came and they probably gave us, they probably took like 88% and we got like 12%, I think. Average, a good deal, if we had negotiated a good deal, was probably going to be 15% and they took like um, um, 80, 85%. And then your producer also gets like 4%. So essentially Gallo works out with like 80%. So that's a deal where like the label takes the ultimate risk for you, basically, if they even do it. So you, you find that the contention with artists is that they get deals like that, but the label doesn't take the risk. So in mm-hmm. our point, in our side, we're fortunate. I'm speaking today, y'all know Swatter Camp because... Gallo did take the risk, although we were independent, but they literally scaled it. Yeah. So they did take the risk with us, right? But then other people's labels don't do that, but they still do the same deal. Then you get another deal, right? You get a JV deal, which is a joint venture deal. The joint venture deal is, is a, it's a bit like, imagine, you know, I'm from the hood. You want to literally do a joint venture deal with me where you say, you put 50%, I put 50%, I manage the sales, meaning label manages the sales and manages all the flow of income. And then you have to literally like have someone who can literally audit each cent that's made from that. And then once we can audit each expense from each cent that's made, then we go 50-50. It's a little bit of an unfair deal if you think that like you're doing it with someone who probably doesn't Mm. have the, the, the legal the legal or the or the accounting system to make sure that they've got the right deal. Yeah. But there's a lot of joint venture deals. So you can already imagine that it's not even an education thing. If you just don't have the accounting to basically do a joint venture deal, it almost becomes an unfair deal for like people mm. who are literally your privileged disadvantage. Well, certainly a conversation that I think that we should broaden up more on and this is the contracts that artists go into let's quickly go to the news headlines with Krakos the only talk radio afternoon drive show that makes sense beyond the headline with Aldrin Simpia right here on SAFM 
Let's quickly conclude the conversation that we started just earlier on before we went to the news headlines with uh, Siabonga Mitane, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Slicker on Live. Siabonga, thank you once again for your indulgence. So the point that you raised before we went to the to the headlines was the joint venture, but you're also speaking about the whether it is fair or not. Is a joint venture yeah. fair? I mean, it depends what kind of support you have to do the auditing for me for your accounting. So, um, obviously, when you're an artist, you wouldn't have that. So, I wouldn't completely say it's fair. You know, um, a lot of a lot of artists complain about never getting anything from joint ventures. In my experience, I've hardly seen any that have done anything right because the, the, when they audit the books, they say nothing was made right. So that's a typical pain in the in the agreements that are normally out there. And then you also have what you call a licensing deal. Now, a licensing deal, which is the last one I'm going to talk about, a licensing deal is basically like you giving a label the right to, um, to, um, to license your music, your imagery. So you can sign an artist. You can sign an artist in your licensing deal. So, you know, and maybe, and I'm not, I'm not sure what, um, what they were alluding to earlier mm. on when you're talking about the one artist, but you might find that they signed through another company that signed through another company, and that company is also offering their own deal, whether it be an artist deal, whether it be a licensing deal, it could be one of the deals they're offering. So when you sign through another person, obviously your money gets gets less. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things like that are things that are that literally are pains in the industry because people don't know where to start. Right, the information is not there, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. what, what would your advice then be based on your experience when it comes to going into a record deal? I'm young. Um, I want to. I want to have my own music out there. I'm talented. I'm gifted, and I've had a couple of record labels that have approached me. What is it that you think that I should be looking into, and what sort of deal would you say that actually this is where the sweet spot is at? Um, I always tell guys who are about to go sign with like big companies, um, especially if they're still on their way up. I always tell them that like you know, if like um, they're gonna be hot, the company's gonna chase them tomorrow. If they're not gonna be hot tomorrow, the company is gonna be not interested. So before they make a decision on signing with a big company, they gotta see if they've done everything that they can do themselves to make them hot, especially on social media. So the most important thing is try to do as much as you can to make yourself like to build your equity rather, right? And um, and when you are and when you have built your equity, when someone offers you a deal and they're chasing you, that means that you have some type of value. Now that's your opportunity to start reaching out to people, even lawyers, to say you need this type of help because now you have built the value. So right now we're at a time where you can build your momentum. And um, and you can actually like almost structure your deal based on your momentum with all the independent distribution platforms out there that are actually giving you the data of how well you're performing. And you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see if you've got like 5 million streams and the guy that's signed to a label has got 2 million streams, you already know independently your value and what conversation you should be having, you know? And when it comes to the music rights and the licensing... Music rights, um, very important, like go to Samro, go to Capasso, um, I mean, go to Samro, Sampra, register all the music that you're doing in, 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 in any studio that you're working in, make sure that like there are split sheets 
this is almost like theory that you have to also manage yourself. You know, if you don't manage this yourself, you open up a crack for people to exploit you. So make sure that if you're going to get into a studio, you've got the split sheet and you, you're registering what owns and have a discussion. Even if you guys are not doing it in the vibes of the studio, but the next day, make the call. If you have a manager, that's your manager's job. Like if your manager's not doing that and he's just booking shows, you need to fire them. But what you need to do if you have a manager, that's his job. If not, you must do that the next day because that song you thought you were playing with tomorrow blows up and then it becomes Jerusalem and you never did split sheets because you were having fun and young guys forgot to do that. You forgot to do the theory. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, you guys having fun and then the music blows up and uh, yeah. Your name is not attached to the music rights. But thank you so much, Siabonga Mitani, the Chief Executive Officer of Slicker on Life.